Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. So, hey guys, um... Welcome to today's podcast. I know we're like a day late. Sorry. Um, I had a little things going on this week. And I had to focus on that those matters. Um, so I kind of put the podcast on a back burner of what my investigation was to be looking up up. And then I decided to do it on Friday night, which was kind of like, yeah, not the brightest idea I ever had, you know. Um, But definitely, um, I end up talking with NUL and and, and saying, hey, can we do it for Sunday instead? So that way I can be able to get the whole story on this. Um, And with and you might notice it's going to be a smaller podcast today um, when it comes to time. Um, and it's just, I feel like, one, it's not that the story is not has no relevance or is not important. Every case we do is very important. Um, but with, you know, Son of Sam and then Edmund, Edmund Till um, being where they were like over an hour long, um, I figured having something short um, was appropriate. Um, and if you guys like that, where we give yeah. you guys some long ones and then we put in a small one um, just to kind of like give you that refresh course, um, let us know. We can, you know, add that to our script. Um, that way we know yeah. that you guys are not only interested in the long ones, but you are also interested in the small cases as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, I know I haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. Um, when you send your kid to school, what is your opinion when they're in school? Uh, and, I mean, are you talking about school responsibility or my child's responsibility? Um, school responsibility towards your child. Well, I mean, I bring them to school and expect them to come home in one piece. So, it's their responsibility. That's why I dropped them off. Yeah, so that's supposed to be, you know, besides home being a safe location, you know, you expect... Secondary school. school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, what if I'm t- I tell you that today's case centers on a death at school and it wasn't by, um, like, a kid going... Well, we don't know yet, but it wasn't where it was like a mass shooting. Um, it wasn't where all we know is the kid died in school property. Um, but yeah, I should also say on school property. Um, mm-hmm. What would be your mindset at that point with just me saying that one situation? Without without any more information than that, um, the school is responsible for my son. So most, uh, you know, like without getting to any information about the, you know, what's going on, mm-hmm. the school's liable. Is that you know, like that's their responsibility to bring my, you know, make sure my son comes home safe. True. Um. So. Let's just say this is not the case in scenario when it comes to this case. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to hop right into it and okay. let you guys know what's going on. So, yeah, so on January 11, 2013, um, the body of Kendrick Johnson was discovered in the gymnasium of his high school. Um, they were called Launder. Londis High School, and this was located in Valdosta, Georgia. Now, if I said that town wrong, please correct me. I, I'm okay with that, you know? Please correct me, though. Mm -hmm. um, so he was actually found head first in the center of a vertical rolled-up wrestling mat. Now, I think they still have these in schools. I gotta ask my kids. But you remember back then, whenever you would do, like, they would make us do, like, gymnasium stuff, um, well, gymnastic stuff, or you would be practicing, like, wrestling um, and other things. They would have these blue mats, and then you mm -hmm. would, like, um, and then they would have the protection mats as well, and yeah. then they would roll it. You would always find them, like, rolled up and then put to the side of the gym. Yeah. So this is the same case and scenario where yeah. these are rolled up, put to the side, and, you know, no one ever thinks somebody's going to be found in there. Unfortunately, yeah. he was. Um, so his body was discovered by fellow um, classmates um, who had climbed up to the top of the cluster of mats, um, each of which stood nearly about six feet tall and three feet wide. So I don't yeah, think that's, you know, really... I don't think for a boy that would be a lot of space. But once again, this is my opinion. My opinion only. Um, yeah. Then, um, so when they took him out and upside an autopsy was done by Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and they stated that Johnson had died from positional asphyxia. I can't talk today. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that the case was ruled an accidental death yeah. by Londis County investigators. One, I'm like, what? How? Like, why is he in this? What would have made him go into yeah. this? You know. I I actually I and I'm not trying to and I'm not trying to make this a long story, but um, re just hearing and reading that paragraph, I had a similar situation happen in my school, not with me personally, but mm -hmm. when we. You know how we used to get like physical ed, like literally you had to go through like climbing the rope, blah, 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 yeah. stuff like that, where the, where the gym teacher used to ask you, you need to take off your sneakers. Your sneakers will not help you in this. You need it. You actually had to. So we used to put ours under the mats. Oh, okay. You know, because kind of like people used to, back in my day, we, anybody that had good sneakers on usually were stolen when we did these type of assignment yeah so there's not that many that much space after you know you talk about 20 to 50 students depending on <laughs> what kind of day was people used to god oh people used to um take their sneakers and throw them over or like climb up the bleachers and throw them into the hole um which, of course, is not the best thing to do because it's not very easy for you to take them out of this hole unless you're climbing. So that kind of, that's what reminded me when you when I read it and when you and when you just read it now. It's kind of easy because there was a kid that was missing in my in my school, mm -hmm. um, in my gym class, and he was stuck in in between because. When they started all piling up, the middle, like the middle, started bowing in on the top section. Yeah. And he kind of got stuck in that middle. Luckily, 
nobody left the class, you know, so we were all looking for him. And eventually we heard him, I'm in here, I'm in here, I'm in here. And yeah, that's when we found out. So I kind of understand, from just reading that one paragraph, mm. I kind of understand where it could be accidental. Yeah. Position or asphyxia, yeah. So then um, authorities hypothesis is that Johnson had fallen into the mat while looking for a shoe, which is funny that you mentioned that, you know, yeah. and it's not, okay. it's not that it's ha ha funny, but it's, you know, what a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're saying that he died um, because he wasn't able to get out of the mat um, after mm-hmm. grabbing his shoes. So he right. basically what they're saying is he dives in, grabs his shoes, but can't get himself back up. Um, yeah, because you got to go head forward to try to get it. Like, nobody goes in feet first. You know what I'm saying? See, like, I never had the, the attention to do that. Huh? I never had the... Question? So, I never had the intention to ever um, go into the mats or throw well, any of my stuff in the mats. No, because, I mean... Honestly, it's kind of like dumb for you to try to, these are six feet, and depending on what class you're in, unless you're like a senior in high school, you're not going to, there's no way you're six feet tall, you know, four maybe. So you're, you got a two feet climb, and your position, have, you know, head down. So it, not, the, not like for my classmate, that was the stupidest thing he could have done. Thankfully, he was fine and didn't die, or he could have easily died. Yeah. And we didn't find him that day. So, which that's a very scary story, you know, to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Three students at Londis High School told investigators that it was common for some of the students to store their shoes behind or under the rolled up mats. Johnson was not wearing his shoes when he was found. But there was a shoe inside the mat. So a student a student at the school said that he shared a pair of Adidas shoes with Johnson, which I'm like, wouldn't that cause athlete fungus? You know, like Yes. I, I, I don't I don't I don't like the thought of somebody sharing shoes with each other, even if you have socks. But if you're an athlete and this kid was an athlete. Um, he played uh, basketball, and he was seventeen. You know, and your feet sweat. They sweat. They get the moisture onto your socks, and then, you know, it gets into your shoes. And then, so- say somebody else puts that on. The only thing preventing that sweat germs and bacteria from coming into the next person's foot is a sock and that's not always that much of a help because now that person starts to sweat which you know basically deteriorates the whole purpose of a sock you know because now that sock is moist and whatever can come in and worse if that person has a hole in the sock okay i'm I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole if i don't stop yeah yeah let's go but so they were sharing shoes and he also states that after the gym class, Johnson would always go to the mats, jump up, and toss his shoes inside the middle of the hole. Yeah. So that way he can go ahead and grab the shoes next. Um, which I'm still like saying, uh-huh, no, don't do that. Don't do it, sweetie. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Sh- Stride Jones. Um, I'm going to just call him Lieutenant Jones, Mm -hmm. um, who was the head of the investigation for the Lotus County Sheriff's Office, stated, we never had credible information that indicated this was anything other than an accident. Johnson's family questioned this hypothesis. They were Mm -hmm. unsatisfied with the results of the investigation. They hired an independent officer. Optopsy conducted by William R. Anderson, 
with Forensic Dimensions in Heathrow, Florida. And this happened on June 15, 2013. Anderson claimed that from his findings indicated traces of blunt force trauma to the right neck and soft tissues and suggested the death was not accidental. So now we're going to have a rocky moment there, you know, because like one person saying, oh, it was an accident. Another person is saying, no, we got blunt force trauma. There's no such way to have an accident with blunt blunt force trauma. And then after the opinions of the private pathologist was released, Johnson's family stated that they believed Johnson had been murdered. The family retained the services of the attorney, Benjamin Crump, on October 31st, 2013. U.S. Attorney Michael J. Moore announced that his announced that his office would open a formal review into Johnson's death. So this is this is all happening like in that whole year. I'm just going into a real quick mm-hmm. burst because, like gotcha. I said, there's not that much information. There's information, but it's not one of those like detailed information that I was able to find. Um, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. So, so um, like I said, attorney U.S. Attorney Moore announced that his office would be opening a formal review into Johnson's death. Crump's application to practice law in Georgia representing Johnson's parents was not ruled on. And he withdrew from representing the family and is no longer participating in this case. So because he's from Florida, he's technically not allowed to... He can give his, like, opinion, um, his thoughts, but because his... His license, if you want to put it like that, is in Florida. Florida rules are different than Georgia rules. Right. Or laws. How do you want to say it? It's the same thing. Yeah. Rules and laws are the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so then Johnson's family filed a legal action to open a coroner's inquest into his death. When the judge in that case the delayed a decision pending the outcome of the U.S. Attorney's Review, the family demanded that the governor of Georgia immediately authorize the inquiry instead. The family, together with the NA, NAACP, with other civil rights activists, then held a rally at the Georgia State Capitol in Atlanta. The governor's office released a statement indicating that they would wait. They would await the report of the U.S. attorney. Johnson's body, like we said, was um, was in a gym mat after it was it was moved. Okay, so how do I put this? Because I don't want to say it the wrong way. Um, so Johnson's body, Johnson's body in the gym mat after it was moved onto its side, the gym mat was discovered standing upright. So it's weird. It's a weird scenario because they had to tilt it down. Well, they not tilt it down, but they had to pull it down. And it's funny because you guys, you guys should see what I'm doing right now, and it's kind of like weird. Um, but they pulled his the mat down to be able to get him out. And his head was at the bottom of the mat, and his feet was on the top. Right. Um, and the way his shoulders was, was like, so, you know when you're reaching for, the, for something in the high cupboard, you always put one arm up, which is normally your dominant arm, um, up to reach mm-hmm. it, and then you just leave your other arm hanging down. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how he was. Inside the mat. Yeah, makes sense. Um, then, so we're going to talk a little bit about his body and 
what happens from there. So an independent autopsy found that sometime after Johnson's body was recovered from the mat, he had passed through the funeral home. Um, when he had passed through the funeral home, it had been stuffed with newspapers. Mm. Now, I never heard this ever happening, like where you put newspapers in the body. But the funeral home that possessed his body, body following the GP, the GBI's um, autopsy, stated that they never received Johnson's internal organs from the coroner. So what happened to his organs is what I want to know. Like, where are these parts that is part of your body that can tell you what the happened? only time? Yeah, the only I'm sorry. The only time that I've heard anything like that in newspaper. I've never heard of newspaper being put in place or anything, but like, you know, when you were a donor. Yeah. So the coroner takes out all the parts that are good and viable and all that, but they usually put something else. Usually newspaper because it's like bio biodegradable is, you know, like it at the mm -hmm. time, it's just like garbage. Um, but I've never heard it in, a boy that would, you know, like the parents are still trying to figure out, and apparently he's not a donor. At least like, we would have heard that by now if he was. I, from everything I've read, um, it does not say anything about him being a donor. Um, yeah. And at this point, from the point of where he was discovered, I his body would not be worth being a donor. You know. Right. Because the organs already shut off. Um, and they did find, like, there was blood on him. There was blood on the floor. There was throw up on the floor. Um, when they pulled down the mat, they discovered that. Uh, and then his face did look... Um, it did look like he got into a little bit of a ringer. But they want to say that it's... Some people say it's due to... Him being upside down, all the blood mm -hmm. rushing to his head, um, and then the blood, because after you die, the blood basically, it normally does rigor mortis, and it clots, so they're saying that that's what happened with his face, because he was upside down, the body just drained downwards, which I'm just like, okay, I, I have no, I have no duties being in that aspect. Um, but it does kind of sound fishy, you know, like. Yeah. It totally sounds fishy. I also think that because there was blood and throw up on the bottom, that's probably how he cho basically choked out. He choked out on his own throw up and blood and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Crazy. It is. Um, so the funeral that, that possessed his body, like I said, um, stated that they didn't receive his organs, um, and that the organs were said to have been destroyed through natural process. What is that? What's natural process? Because natural process no. is, you know, like, I can understand... 10, 20 years from now, you open a, a casket and you don't find the organs because everything just, you know. Yeah. Uh, nice word, nice word, nice word. Basically disintegrated. Um, yeah. Is <laughs> the word I could come up with right now in my head. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it just it just um, breaks apart and, yeah, basically disintegrates. Yeah, you're right. Because, like, the, um, the gases and the acid... Just like, but I, I got a weird suspicion somebody sold his organs. That's what I was thinking as well. That, which I don't know why. Why I think, but I also think that they took the organs that show proof of this not being an accident mm -hmm. and destroyed it. Yeah, that's possible too. Yeah, because it's like 
And it wasn't that they took all his internal organs. It was just a few of the organs that was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you watch, um, from right, I think it was on Netflix. Um, they give you a documentary on him. And they tell you, you know, what happened. And they give you, like, even video footage of him, you know, going from one class to the other, um, going into the hallways and everything. Like, they show you a, a lot of stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, he just disappears. Like, he goes, he runs towards the area where the mats are, but then he just vanishes afterwards. Like, it's like, okay. But here's the weird part is that when he was he was out of the screen, like he runs towards the mats area, and there was no cameras pointing towards the mats area. Um, there was kids playing around, and there was kids walking by to go, you know, crawl. Like, most of us used to take the gym and do, like, a shortcut to get into the other side instead of doing the whole walk around. Um, so you see that, and it's like, wait, you're gonna tell me nobody sees this kid, you know, doing, you know, having this issue? Like, mm. nobody sees it? Something's yeah, up. Exactly. Um, they also say that they discard, it was discarded by the prosecutor before the body was sent to Valdosta. Which I'm like, why would you, why would you discard body parts? And why would the prosecutor have anything to do with that? And this is this is all what the the funeral home is stating, you know. Yeah. And so they left it as a void, which the funeral home filled with the newspaper, and they were saying, you know, it's a standard practice to fill a void in this fashion. Fashion is you can either. You can use cotton or sawdust can be can be employed for this purpose. But they use newspaper. Right. I can understand cotton because it'll absorb the moisture, right. the basically everything that goes on in the in the body. You know, they'll absorb yeah. it. I'm not so sure about sawdust because I think I'm 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 just not sure about sawdust. But whatever, you know. I don't work in that department. I'm not going to criticize. Yeah. So Johnson's family filed a complaint with a regulatory body against the the funeral home operator. Um, And that's just subsequently, uh, subsequently, squishy, squishy. Oh my God, dear Lord. I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, So that was basically subsequent. I can't say it. Subsequent. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. Um, that was a subsequent investigation by the Georgia Security of State Office found that the funeral home did not follow best practice and right. at that other material was more acceptable than newspaper. Right. You know, which I think if they would put the cotton, that would have been more understanding. Like, okay, you, you want to preserve those spots, you know? Right. Okay, cool beans, you know? But newspaper is like, what? Why? You know? That's the cheapest way to do it. It is. And, and not really legal. You know, like ethical, really. More yeah. than legal. So, nonetheless, the investigators cleared the funeral home of any wrongdoing. I don't know why. I saw your hands go up and I don't know why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of course they I'm just of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> um and then the spoke spokesperson for the Secretary of State said that the investigation found that the funeral home didn't violate any rules. I heard the side. <laughs> the Johnson family subsequently filed a civil lawsuit against the funeral home, 
seeking monetary damages. Yeah, I would. Too. Which I don't exactly. I would do the same. I'm like, yo, this is this is my son's body, and you're gonna do that to him. Yeah. Think of him as your own kid. Don't do that. You know, don't do that. Right. So Johnson's family requested that his body be exhumed for a second time and was granted permission by Valdosta city officials. On June 22nd, 2018, Johnson's body was exhumed. So we're going to take a break from that. And remember those tapes I was telling you, those surveillance tapes? We're going to go into a little bit of depth into that, and we'll come back and swing back to this whole theory. So, um, okay. you know, I just want I just want you guys to understand, like, the different scenarios that is going on all in the scenery. And you're going to be like, and how, what's going on that this is not solved? That this is, this is just left as still an accidental when, for me, it sounds like a, it was murder. Who am I to speak, you know? Surveillance footage of Johnson's entering the gymnasium shortly before he died in November 2013. Uh, 290 hours of surveillance tape was... So, he died in January, and then in November, which is like, why did it take you 11 months you know, to go through surveillance tapes. But I do understand that it was 290 hours of surveillance tapes from 35 different cameras that covered the gym area and was released to CNN um, following a court request. A forensic analyst enlisted by CNN found that tapes from two cameras were missing an hour and five minutes of footage while another set was missing two hours and ten minutes of footage. So, it's like, okay, so these two are missing 105. The next two is missing two hours and ten. So that's double than the the first two. And I'm like, okay, something's fishy right there. Right there, something's fishy. I need to know what's going on. In those missing hours. Um, But for some apparent lapse of coverage were found to result from camera systems that were not synchronized with one another. So they're saying, oh, well, this camera doesn't always connect with this camera. So it goes, you know, like an order. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I, I'm just like, uh, I, I, I have cameras in my house. And I can see if I go from what's going on in my kitchen, I can see, I can go ahead and backtrack it to my hallway and see what happened just a few minutes later and catch if there's still yeah. a dispute or what's going on. Trust me, I have a teenager and I have two boys who like to be sneaky bodies. And sometimes you need to catch them in their lie before they start spitting out that lie. And my cameras come in handy for that. (laughs) So, the time steps between some separate, for some separate camera systems differed by as much as 20 minutes for the same time period, giving the impression of a gap for portions of the footage where no gap existed. Other missing footage was the result of the camera's motion activity active um function not being triggered. So like if you're if you weren't in that area where the the camera would pick up a motion, it wouldn't record. Um if you were too too close to the camera, it could not like, say if the cameras, I was going to say, it's say if the camera's here and you're here, that won't make sense for you guys. But say if you're, like, right underneath the camera or semi-underneath the camera, where it only catches a glimpse, it might not pick it up, is what they're also trying to say. So depending on your location of the camera, um, of the camera's view, you weren't picked up. 
So they was also put in that as, you know, the result. Um, and that some of the camera systems were motion activated using a change in light pixels to turn recordings on and off. So depending on how the, the light was hitting the room, it would record or it would just stay not recording, you know. So they're saying there's a whole lot of issues, which I'm like, why didn't your cameras just have the same system for every area of the school? Why? So the area where Johnson's body was discovered, where the gym mats were stored, was outside the range of the surveillance cameras. If you guys could only see the facial expression and the arm crossing that I'm seeing, you guys be like, yo, you got something to say. Say it. Speak your piece. Um, I, when I first started reading that until the surveillance tapes, I'm like, yep, this is accidental. He tried to go in and reach in for the sneakers and got stuck and he died. Done. Simple. Simple case. The school having supposedly different cameras is, we said we ain't going to curse, but it's bullshit. Um, just because this, they, most schools, especially when it's new, unless, unless they break down, which they still try to get the same camera mm-hmm. system, are all set up at the same time and they're all the same type of camera. Yeah. So, this theory that oh it was missing because of there's nobody underneath it or there was no motion in, it was cut out. That's what I said. That's why I'm upset and crossed my my hands because it clearly seems like somebody, a principal or somebody higher than him, started cutting tape. Yeah, that's how I see it as well. You know, I'm like, uh, we're kind of cutting out a good duration of the film and not knowing, wait, what what's going on? Like me, if I was a cop, I'd be like, okay, I need to know what happened in those gaps, you know? So the attorneys for Johnson family expressed fear that the camera footage was edited, and this is funny that we just said this, was edited due as a part of a cover-up. Mm-hmm. However, analysis of the camera system by the Valdosta Daily Times purported to explain the anomalies. Anomalies. There we go. Mm-hmm. Casting doubt on the theory of a cover-up. The president of the Valdosta Launders County chapter of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the former lead investigator of that chapter have stated that they believe the attorney for Johnson have not been entirely truthful in their statements and that there were there was no cover-up in this case. So it's basically the Johnson's family attorney is saying there's a cover-up here. Something happened, and you guys are just sweeping it underneath the rug and trying to make everything else disappear. And then you got the other, everybody else saying, no, there's nothing wrong. You know, it was just an accident. It was a freak accident. Go on with your life. So it's, it's like, as a parent, I cannot go on with my life unless I know the dead, honest truth. Like, if you bring me all the evidence and say, sorry, but here's what you got. And I see evidence state that this was a freak accident. I would accept it. But if I don't get all that and I'm feeling like, "Mm, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to go against it, you know? So I understand where the family's coming from. I mean, I also, yeah, I mean... I, I agree with them completely um, with the parents, but those are two big, high people, um, president of that Christian front, Christian um, leadership conference. 
to be talking about a high school kid that died. Like, why you? Why are you putting? Why are you trying to like? It's fishy to me that he's the that they, him and him and the person that was before him try to get into it. Like, what business is of it? Yeah, unless you're the principal, district, you know, like uh, superintendent stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Why are you getting in it of all people? Yeah, that's kind of suspicious to me, bro. No, I hear you. So Johnson's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against London's um, County Board of Education, its superintendent, and the principal of Lotus High School. The Mm -hmm. suit alleged that Johnson was violently assaulted, severely injured, suffered great physical pain and mental anguish, and subject to insults and loss of life. On January 10th, 2013. So, while the lawsuit did not name the person or persons alleged involved in the January 10th event, nor identify the race of the alleged perpetrators, it implied a race-based dimension to the hypothetical, you know, assault. Um, and the reason why I say hypothetical assault is because I cannot say there was an assault. I can't say there wasn't. Like I said, this was a mysterious death that occurred. So the lawsuit alleged that the defendants were negligent and violated Johnson's constitutional rights to equal protections based on race. Um, it alleged that the defendants ignore reports that previously Johnson had been repeatedly attacked and harassed by a white student. It alleged that Johnson was attacked on a bus trip 14 months prior to his death. The lawsuit further alleged that another student had a history of provoking and attacking Johnson at school, stating that the provo- provocation um, took place in the absence of the coach the coaching staff and employees after his mother complained about previous attacks the suit also alleged that the school officials failed to properly monitor the activities of students throughout all areas of the campus and to maintain a properly functioning video surveillance system So in in August 2014, a five million lawsuit against Ebony Magazine was filed, after the magazine published a series of articles remaining naming two students as possible suspects in Johnson's death. The magazine used I can't even say that word. Piece dump I'm not even going go there but otherwise uh, accurate in descriptions of the boys. So they try to like be, I guess, um, you know, saying, oh, it's this person. Well, they try, mm-hmm. not saying who it was, but giving basically a very clear description on who they felt it was, which is not, you shouldn't do, you know? Yeah, so the word you were trying to say and I can't say it, so I'm not going to try to. But it means a fictitious name. So basically like a John Doe. When we say John Doe right. to somebody, you know. Yeah. Um, and it included the facts that their father was an FBI agent. So the article used as a was used as a source of anonymous email. Was <laughs> tongue-tied, sorry. Um, to the sheriff's office in their lawsuits the parents of the accused boys assert that their sons were not involved in the death and not considered suspects and have been harassed as a result of the publication I I, I 100% believe that though believe what exactly that, that the kids were harassed um, because of 
being named as a suspect. Almost oh, definitely. You know, especially yes. if you're in a small town, um, and you're basically being your description match that identification. Yeah, you're gonna be harassed, and honestly, you know, shame on Ebony because mm-hmm. they being. You know, in the media, they should know. First of all, these are kids. Whether you think that these kids murdered another kid, you don't do that. You know, there's there's yeah. a law for a reason, you know. But can't say much on that one. So then on January 2015, two years after his death, Johnson's family filed a filed a 100 million civil lawsuit in the Superior Court of DeKalb County against 38 individuals. Wow. Respondents include three of the Johnson's classmates. Two or three respondents were unnamed. A local, state, and federal officials. Um the school superintendent of Londres County, the Valdosta Londres Crime Lab, the police sheriff of Valdosta, many sheriff deputies, the city of Valdosta, the state medical examiner, the the GBI, and five of its agents, and one FBI agent. The lawsuit alleged that the FBI agent ordered his two sons and a classmate to attack Johnson, that his death was a murder, and that the respondent engaged in a conspiracy to cover up the homicide. Jim Elliott, the Lourdes County attorney, stated that the allegations were unfounded and baseless, and that any response would be made in court. So, all local super superior county judges recused themselves from presiding over the case, preventing the lawsuit from being filed and heard in Lawrence County, citing their close proximity to the to the accused. So, because which I understand because it's in the same town and it's in the same town, you know certain people because you judges normally work with you know, the, with the lawyers, with the cops, and with the agents. So they're like, I, I, can't, I can't get involved in this because I know everybody here. I have to recuse myself. Somebody else has to do it. Which we've seen in a lot of cases where they have where, you know, judges, if the case is very known in that town, they bring it to the next town over, where no one really knows the whole storyline, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I understand yeah. that. But at the same time, them not doing, not presiding over the case prevented the lawsuit from being filed. So if, if they didn't know something, the judges, mm-hmm. They would have still presided over it, or at least moved it themselves to a different county. Like, listen, you're not, you know, this is everybody here knows each other. Everybody's gonna back each other up. Move it to the next town over either direction. I have like that's kind of weird that the judges not like um saying, hey, I know too, you know, like I know these people. I have to, which is normally what happens, but they should have. What I think is kind of fishy is he, that one of those judges should have made sure that it went to another county instead. And and I think they did it for it not to be filed. So basically, the, the lawsuit never came to pass because as far as you're telling me so far, I haven't read any further. Um, so basically, the case never went, never did anything. It, it just died because everybody said, I'm out. You know, the judges said, I'm out. So, but I guess you're going to read and see if it actually, if they actually got anything. Okay. Yes. 
So shortly before the lawsuit was filed, U.S. Attorney Michael J. Moore said in a statement that the federal investigation was still open and that the investigation has proven more complicated and taken longer than originally anticipated. After Moore resigned in 2015, the case was transferred to the Northern District of Ohio under U.S. Attorney Stephen Delta Batch. Um, shortly after receiving the case, Delta Patch also resigned. Despite these resignations, the Department of Justice investigation continued. In November 2015, the Department of Justice filed a motion in the civil case to intervene and stay the case. The U.S. attorney said allowing evidence discovery in the civil suit to continue would would have a chilling effect on the federal investigation, which had expanded into investigating possible obstructions and grand jury witness tampering. After, wait a minute, after the Justice Department's motion was denied, Johnson's parents dismissed their own wrongful death lawsuit, saying that they hope to refile it after the con- conclusion of the federal investigation. They were sus- subsequently sued for more than $850,000 um, in attorney fees and a million in defamation damages. So, and I know you're like, oh, but why that happened? Well, remember, they're they're accusing, you know, 38 people, you know, and people are like, wait, you're you're putting my name to the ground. And common sense, most people who says, you know, well, you put my name to the ground, you owe me for all this that I had to go through, which I understand that. I just think the price is very high, my opinion. Then on June 20th, 2016, the Department of Justice announced that they would be they would not be filing a crim- any criminal charges related to Johnson's death, stating after extensive investigation into this tragic event, federal federal investigators determined that there is insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone or some group of people willfully violated Kendrick Johnson's civil rights and committed any other prosecutable federal crimes. Then on August 10th, 2017, Georgia Judge Richard Porter ruled that Johnson's family and their attorney had to pay more than $292,000 in legal fees to the dozen of representatives uh, not represented, respondents in the their civil civil suit, accusing the family of fabricating evidence to support their claim. On March tenth, twenty twenty one, which was last year, the case was officially reopened. However, Lauders County Sheriff's Ashley Palk stated that he would. And it's funny that his name is Ashley, but okay. Stated that he would not be claiming there was something wrong with the original investigation or that the original investigation's conclusions of an accidental death was wrong. The sheriff was also started, uh, started, stated the, sorry, tongue-tied. Okay, so the sheriff stated he does not consider the case to be a homicide he further stated that the two brothers named in the previous legal actions by Johnson's are not suspects. So my thing is, if you're stating all this, why reopen the case in the first place? There's no reason to reopen the case. He, the only let me let me let me let me let me take it a step further. The only reason you won't reopen a case like this one is because you have evidence 
that contradict everything that happened before that. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have any, he should not have reopened it. No. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So my thing is, what if he has evidence? But because of how everything's, how a lot of people are involved in this case, he has to keep it basically hush tone. That's possible, but the, but I mean, the way he came out, the what he what he was saying about he's not contradicting anything. He's not saying that it was homicide. He's not saying he's not saying he's not saying. Why reopen with from his own words? I'm talking about. This is what he said. He's like he he don't think that it was a homicide. He he's not um, contradicting anybody. So why reopen? There's, there's got to be a concrete evidence. Or at least concrete, yeah, evidence that there's something there that was not talked about throughout the case or something like that. So that is a good question. Um, I haven't got any new updates to be able to see like what, how further um, he has gone. But definitely, I will. If I get an update, I will definitely update us on it. However. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. However, I think he's basically not wanting to say, oh, I think it's this, and I think it's this, and I think this is why I'm opening it. Because what if he says, I think there's, um, you know, there was, it was a homicide, you know, and then come to find out, oh, no, it was an accident, you know, like, you never want to put your foot in your mouth, you know? So it's easier to just say, I'm just reopening it to just give additional assistance. Give a, a new new eyes on it. A, somebody's new intake on it kind of thing. Yeah, new eyes, new perspective, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, yeah, I mean, listen. Like I said, before all the surveillance and all that stuff came out, I thought, it was an accident. He went in head first, got stuck, and couldn't climb out. Case closed. Done. Um, after the surveillance, missing some like three hours or whatever, how much time it was missing, that's a problem. Um, all these people resigning as soon as they get the case is another a huge problem. Everybody knows something happened. Who did it? The problem with the family unfortunately is not one person there said hey i think it was john doe one and john doe two like there was never put a name to who attacked them that she had put that the mother or the family had proof that he was attacked and brutally and all that doesn't mean you should win x amount of dollars yeah like did the school report it in their paperwork you know like there was a, um, to me personally, and I don't want to say anything about, you know, anybody, but there was a lot of things they could have done differently that might have gotten them a different result. True. In the case. Not about the homicide, but about the civil lawsuit itself. Yes. Those people. Because no, I think they so. all played a part in screwing up this case. Yes. I think, you know, one... I get it as a parent, you're hurting and you want to blame somebody, mm-hmm. you know, but I think they should have just kept on to the route of, hey, um, I need another autopsy. I need somebody else's point of view, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. that scenario um, with the whole jumping to lawsuits. I'm just like, um, one, those are very high lawsuits, you know, and without having all evidence to prove something was amiss in all this chaos, you know, it wasn't. So, yeah, I know we said we were going to make this a short one, but we, we're on the edge of um, an hour. Um, so... That is shorter than the last one, so. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, 
but with no real like there's not not a lot of detail in this one it's more of speculation you trying to figure out what could have happened could it have been an accident or was it not you know that's that's the other thing um so if you guys want to give us your opinion you can always email us at murderous intentions 21 at gmail.com i almost forgot <laughs> or you can go ahead and instagram us at murderous so our instagram is murderous underscore intentions underscore podcast or you can also tweet us at mi true crime podcast um Thank you guys so much. Hopefully, you guys give us your opinion on the whole matter. Um, I think that's all I got to say. Yep. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.